everyone, and welcome to the Just Cincinnati podcast, a podcast where each episode we strive to highlight local injustices, amplify the voices of those working for justice, and provide practical ways our listeners can join the work to bring about a more just Cincinnati. I'm Just Kyle Vath. And I'm Just Stephen Byers. Today we talk with Anne Gray. She's the education specialist at Rumkey Recycling, serving the greater Cincinnati area. As you will hear us discuss, so much about recycling is local, whether it's the materials that are able to be recycled or the impacts recycling has on our local communities and environment. It's all very specific to our region. So Anne, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. So you are the education specialist at Rumkey, and you know one of the areas that is is always, you know, probably if we're looking at the environment and looking at um, how we can bring about a more just Cincinnati, I think one of the first things we think about is recycling and waste and how that affects our community. So let's start out by just talking a little bit about when I throw recycling items in my recycling bin, does it really go to recycling? Does it does it really uh, get recycled? Yes, absolutely. If you put something in your recycling container, it's going to be picked up by by a, a truck. Um, it's going to be a different truck that's that's picking up garbage. There are trucks that are picking up the garbage and they go to the landfill. So the trash trucks and there are trucks that pick up the recycling and they go to Rumkey Recycling. Or we call that facility a material recovery facility. Or to shorten it, we call it a MRF. So that material is coming to Rumkey Recycling, and that's where the process begins. The, the driver tips the load on our tipping floor, and then the material makes its way into the plant. Lots of technology, lots of conveyor belts, lots of people help us separate material by type. So if it's something that we accept for recycling, then yes, that material will be separated. Um, it will be bailed except for the glass, of course, and then off it goes to the companies that make new products. So definitely if it's acceptable material at Rumkey, we have a, a home for it and it will be made into something new. We don't do that. That's not our role. We're a hauler and we are processing this material, but then it is sold to end markets or end users who make the new products out of that material. And we've heard a lot about this going over to China and there were problems in the, the supply chain and the, the, um, the, the purchasing chain. And, you know, this, they're all over the country, all over the world. Where does the, the, the recycling go from that is received at Rumkey? Well, I think, um, Kyle, when you're talking about China, um, you have to mention the China National Sword, which was the term that was given to what happened when China in 2017, I think around that time period, it extended probably into 2018, when they didn't want to purchase paper or cardboard or mixed plastic from the rest of the world, because they were getting, you know, truthfully, a lot of junk, unfortunately. So that was the decision they made. And there was some disruption in the recycling markets worldwide, as you can imagine, because they were purchasing a lot of material. Rumkey did sell paper and cardboard to China at one point, um, but not a lot. That was not a primary market for us. So 
thankfully that was the case. And our geographic location in the Midwest is definitely a benefit because we have many markets available for the material that we collect that's really not far from us. So 95% of the recyclable material that comes to Cincinnati to our material recovery facility is being sold in our area in the Midwest. So again, it's just, um, it, it's a good thing for us. Unfortunately, some of those communities may be on the West Coast or the East Coast. When this happened with China, they were very dependent on those Chinese markets. So they were having to landfill some of the recyclable material because one of the, one of the key points that you have to address when you, when you do recycling, you have to have an end market or an end user. And when those markets disappeared, you know, they were in trouble. But fortunately for us, we didn't, we didn't have that dependence. And so when you say in market, I'm assuming that these are, are businesses that are reusing the supplies, whether they're, you know, taking the cardboard and making some type of recycled paper out of it or plastics make plastics turned into new recycled plastics. Is, is that what you're saying? Yes, that's correct. What these end products would be, for example, cardboard is being made into new cardboard. And trust me, there's a big demand for that right now. Um, we know our shopping habits have changed. People are ordering things online and a lot of those items are being delivered in cardboard boxes. The pandemic only increased that demand. So please recycle that cardboard. It's very important. Um, the laundry detergent containers and milk jugs go to a company in Northwest Ohio, and they make drainage pipe out of that. The water bottles and two liter pop bottles can be made into strapping tape. Um, glass can be made into fiberglass or glass bottles and jars again. So these are the end products or some of them for the materials that you're putting in your recycling container. So you were saying at the beginning that, you know, all of these things that, you know, when we put our recycling in the bin at our curb, and it goes to your facilities. Um, if there is something we put in there that isn't supposed to be in there that you do not have a market for, what happens to that? And what are some of the dangers of that? Right. Well, some things that happen, um, one thing that we do get a lot, and I, I wanted to emphasize that we are not equipped and, and other companies like Recyc like Rumkey that do recycling are not equipped to get scrap metal. And we do get a lot of scrap metal and we would prefer that we not get that. Um, it will go to a specialized metal recycler, but before that happens, when it comes into our plant, it could be harmful to our employees and it could certainly be detrimental to the equipment. So things like pots and pans and cookie sheets and, and all of these different types of things, um, air conditioning, venting, you know, an old car transmission, Rumkey just is not equipped to deal with that. But there are certainly companies in our area that take that. So that would be our preference. Please recycle them there. Also, there are some things, and I, I, or I forget this because this is very important, batteries. We don't want especially lithium ion batteries in the recycling or the trash. They are very, very flammable. So we've had to pick those out and we've had fires in our trucks. We've had fires in our facilities because of these batteries. So we always suggest that our customers take a look at the website for the solid waste district where you live, whether it's Hamilton County or Butler County or Claremont or wherever that might be. And they will give you resources as to where you can take those batteries and they will be safely disposed of. Now, we could get things like, um, you know, big plastic toys or, you know, this time of year, sometimes we get like plastic 
swimming pools that little children use. Um, unfortunately, things like that would just have to go to the landfill. We don't have any markets for that. So that's why it's so important to know what Rumpke accepts and to recycle right. That's a big mantra with us. Please self-educate, know what we accept, know the condition that we want. This is as clean as possible that, you know, being reasonable and then put that material in your recycling container, whether it's a curbside bin or whether it's a recycling drop box. And believe me, the efficiency um, is amazing. I mean, we get that stuff in, we can separate it, it's bailed, off it goes, and it's, it's just perfection. But it's when some of these, you know, other items get mixed in that cause problems for us and, and maybe shutdowns. And, and those are things that just are problematic for us. And plastic bags, that's huge. It seems like how could this little plastic bag be such a problem for us? But they become what we call a tangler and they wrap around our equipment and just can bring very expensive pieces of technology to a screeching halt. So the looser, the better. <clears throat> Pardon me. That's what we say. The looser, the better. Don't put recyclable material in a plastic bag in your recycling container. Just put it in loose. Um, things will, will work much more smoothly for us at Rumkey. We can't even sell those plastic bags. I know if you take them back to some of the retail establishments, those are going on to become new bags or maybe other products, but they have to be clean and dry and in like new condition. So bags that come into Rumkey in our trucks, um, you know, of course, they're not going to be in that situation. So there are a couple of different things that just make those plastic bags difficult for us to deal with. So please, please don't put them in your recycling containers. So scrap steel, batteries, plastic bags. And I think you had a story about a baseball, didn't you, at one point? I did. I did, Stephen. And this was in our um, material recovery facility in Columbus. And someone had just placed a baseball in their recycling bin. Um, you know, it could have been donated or sold at a yard sale or whatever, but there are pieces of equipment at our facilities that just are rotating. So this ball was kind of just propelled. And fortunately, um, you know, our employees many times wear hard hats. So the employee was okay, but it's just something that we I know people don't think about, nobody would intentionally want to hurt someone that's working at our facilities, but sometimes some of these things that we don't accept, there, there are a multitude of reasons that perhaps we can't accept that. And safety is certainly one of them. You had a, a statistic earlier. Um, you said 95% of, of all the recoverable materials that came through were, were reprocessed. Was, is that the right statistic there? Um, well, the 95% that I mentioned, that percentage is the material that is sold, um, you know, mainly in the Midwest. But what you might be referring to at our Cincinnati MRF material recovery facility, it's about an 88% reclamation rate. And what that means is 88%, it, it kind of varies, that percentage could vary at times, but that's probably pretty typical. 88% of the material that comes to that facility will be recycled. And of that 12% or whatever, probably a good portion of that should not have come to begin with. You know, there may be a certain amount of employee error. Those conveyor belts are moving very fast, 55 to 60 tons per hour. And that's when, you know, putting things that are not acceptable can, can cause problems because it's taking extra time for our employees to do the jobs that they need to do. Um, and then also, you know, every once in a while, even though the, the technology is pretty miraculous, say, for example, <clears throat> excuse me, somebody puts a Gatorade bottle in with some liquid in it, and it comes 
through our optical scanner, which is going to identify that particular plastic because there's liquid in it. And maybe with the lid on, it might have a tendency to roll out of the direction of the infrared light that's part of the technology and not be identified properly. So those are some things that could happen that could contribute to um, the 12% that is not being recycled. But just to be clear, 88% is a very good percentage. There are many companies that would love to have that percentage. So we're proud of that. And we know that our employees and the very state-of-the-art technology that we have at Rumkey is contributing to that. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Those seem like very encouraging numbers because I, I've, I've just kind of been under the impression I've heard comments from uh, friends and, and people that, you know, what's the point of recycling? They're not actually taking anything right now. They're just dumping it in the landfill. So like, like this is very much like that was obviously not true. I mean, you're, you're telling us that yeah. there's a, a lot of stuff being reclaimed and, and recycled. So that's very encouraging. Absolutely. That's our goal. I mean, we had a fire April 10th, 2012. We never exactly determined what caused that fire, I'm sure it was something inappropriate that came in. We were thinking maybe pool chemicals. Um, nobody was hurt. That was the most important thing. But um, so we're, we're very determined to, to make sure that things that come in are things that we can accept. And also that facility, because it had to be rebuilt and new technology was a $32 million investment for Rumkey. So the, the mindset of there's value in things that we throw away and recycle has been incorporated in the Rumkey family's just efforts since the very inception of the company, since 1932, during the depression. And if you ever talk to anybody that lived during that time period, they were very careful about what they reused and what they recycled because times were tough. And so I think that that philosophy has served Rumkey well over the years. And again, it started at the very beginning. One of the things I'm hearing from you is that what you can take is very regional. It's very local on uh, what, what is the market that the local recycling center has for the, the items that can be taken. Um, I, we were traveling last summer and I was, uh, we got an Airbnb and uh, I was looking at, they had a recycling bin and I was looking at the recycling requirements of what they, I looked it up online to make sure I was recycling the right things. And I noticed it was totally different than what we were recycling here in the greater Cincinnati area. So it's so interesting um, to, to think about that here in the Cincinnati. And that's why uh, one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is to bring about attention right. to things that are local here and that matter to us in the, in the greater Cincinnati area. So this, all the things that you're saying apply to the, the folks who have Rumkey as their uh, recycling and, and waste disposal company, as well as some of the others in the area. Is that correct? Yes. Um, some of our competitors are bringing material to our recycling facility. So what we're saying that we accept would certainly be something that, that those customers of those companies would have to adhere to. Rumkey is a regional company. We service you know, a good part of Ohio, part of Kentucky, Indiana, and um, into West Virginia. So anywhere that we are, um, pretty much our acceptable items list is, it needs, it applies to all of those areas. And uh, we're, we're very excited about recycling. We feel like it's a good thing to do. It's an easy thing to do, especially since we can put stuff in one container. And uh, some places I've traveled uh, go on kind of, uh, 
going back to what Kyle was saying about uh, recycling in different regions, um, I've been in places where they had three or four different containers for like you had to sort it yourself before they'd even take it. And so right. it's nice that here, at least right. we can just put on one container. So my question for you is what can we recycle and what can we not recycle that we think we can? Okay. Um, well, first of all, I think I should just briefly mention the factors that determine what we can accept at Rumkey. And first of all, and, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit, we have to have an end market or an end user. You have to have someone that wants to purchase this material um, to make something new. So that's essential. Secondly, you have to have the quantity and quality that these companies are demanding. Quantity is not an issue for us at Rumkey. We definitely have the quantity of material, but also you have to have the quality. And by that, I mean minimizing any type of contamination. You know, for example, if a company is purchasing cardboard from Rumkey and they're buying it by the ton and they're getting big bales of that cardboard, they don't want those bales um, including plastic bags or food waste or aluminum cans. That's not what they're interested in. So we have to make sure that we pay very close attention to that um, and minimize contamination. That's a, that's a little bit more difficult in Dropbox locations. Um, that's a whole nother topic, but you know, we just wanna make sure that what the material, the material that's going out to these end markets is what they want. And then third, we have to be able to safely and effectively and efficiently separate this material. So let's just start out with plastic because we probably get 10 times the number of questions about plastic than any of the materials that we accept. So for many years, we accepted plastic bottles and jugs. Um, it didn't matter the number. In fact, we would encourage our customers to just kind of disregard the symbol on the bottom of those containers, you know, the triangle made out of the arrows with a number in the center. What that's really telling you is the resin number. Doesn't necessarily mean that that container can be recycled or that it can be recycled everywhere. So instead we said, take a look at the shape of the container. If the top of the container is narrower than the base and usually it has some type of a screw on lid, we can accept it. So that's been in play for many years. Now, beginning in January, due to a lot of efforts and, and different things coming together, we could expand that and include tubs. And by tubs, I mean something like a butter tub, a yogurt container, sour cream, chip dip, whip topping, also the little plastic containers that may be single serving containers that would maybe have pudding or jello or fruit that you would maybe pack in a lunch. So we can accept those now. So it's plastic, jugs, and tubs. And again, just taking a look at the shape of the container. Um, tubs is a little bit more ambiguous and, and we realize that. So we have been getting more questions about that. I mean, if you say a bottle or a jug, you know, people know what a bottle or jug is, but again, there, there are variations of tubs. So um, we try to be really specific right now with that. Um, it could be possible in the future that we could even expand what, what is a tub and, and can we take that? But right now we, we want to make sure that we're doing everything correctly, that we are basically pleasing the companies that are purchasing these tubs from us. And, and then we'll see how things move forward. We are installing robotics in Cincinnati at our facility there at the material recovery facility. That installation should be complete by the end of this month. And that robotic technology will help us extract those tubs. We're accepting them now, but once that technology is in place, it will make it even easier and more efficient. So that's kind of the, the story on plastic, on plastic, plastic bottles, jugs, and tubs. All of the lids are recyclable, but we want them back on the container. 
So rinse out the container, wash it out if it's really messy, um, then put the lid back on and you can put it in your recycling bin. Um, as far as paper and cardboard, um, you know, again, encouraging people to recycle that cardboard and paper. There's a lot of that material in the landfill that doesn't need to be. Um, you know, cereal boxes, newspapers, magazines. We do take paperback books. We do not want hardback books because of the binding and the glue. That's a little bit of a problem for us. One question that we get a lot of times about um, paper that falls into that category are pizza boxes. And we just ask our customers to use their best judgment. If it's a really messy pizza box, cheese sauce, really, really greasy, we would prefer that you just throw it away. But if it's not too bad, maybe spotty grease, a little bit of this and that, we can accept it. Or if the bottom of the box is messy, just rip off the lid, um, recycle the lid, put the messy container, the, the remaining part of the box in your recycling container. Glass, as far as glass is concerned, all different colors, blue, green, clear, amber. Um, we're very proud of our glass processing facility in Dayton. So for example, if you put a pickle jar, a glass pickle jar in your recycling bin, it's gonna come to Rumpke in Cincinnati, if you, if you live in our area, and that glass is gonna be broken and then it'll be transported to Dayton. And it's a really, really good fit for us because so many of the companies that are purchasing that glass for Rumkey are right here in Ohio. I think one is in Indiana, so it does not have to go very far. And we recently won some awards for the, the very good state of that glass as it goes on to the end user. So that's great. Metals, you know, aluminum cans, uh, steel cans, tin cans. One thing to mention, we do accept aerosol cans, but we have some some qualifications for that. Please make sure that that can is completely empty. The plastic tip and plastic lid should be removed and thrown away. We don't want spray paint cans. Um, we've had some bad experiences with spray paint cans that have not been totally empty. And if you have any doubt, if you feel like, oh, maybe the contents of this can was hazardous, then I would say make sure it's completely empty and just throw it in the trash. But something like deodorant or room freshener or PAM or, or something like that, we can accept those aerosol cans. But again, completely empty. Um, let's see, what, what am I forgetting? Paper, glass, cardboard, plastic, and metal. I think that's it. Am I forgetting anything? What about the things that have combined uh, oh, yeah. different? So, for example, a, um, a pickle jar that has a metal top with a glass container. What do you leave the, the top on? Do you take it off? Do you... What do you do with that? That's a good question. Thank you. We get a lot of questions about lids. And so, as I mentioned, the plastic um, bottles and jugs and tubs, leave the lid on. With the glass jars and bottles, remove those metal lids. Those may go loose in your recycling bin. In fact, that's what we would pr prefer. So say it's a glass spaghetti sauce jar. Just put that jar after it's been rinsed out and, and emptied and all of that inside your recycling container and then put the metal lid in there. Um, oh, I know what I forgot, cartons like milk cartons or juice cartons, um, we would prefer that you remove those plastic lids and throw those away and say like a juice box, we do accept those, but we ask that you remove that plastic straw and then throw that away as well. So that's kind of the story with, with the lids. And we do get a lot of questions about that. The best example of combining materials, and I'm gonna mention a brand name, it's like a Pringles container because you've got the plastic and then you've got some metal and then you've got some maybe paper type of thing. So yes, that type of thing, we don't want it. It makes it very difficult when those different types of materials are all combined. 
So the, for let's say Pringles, as an example, the, the plastic top, can we put that no. in the recycling? No, you Not cannot, at all? because okay. this is what would happen with that, Kyle. And this is why we say too, that we don't want you to put loose, say you had, you know, like a water bottle. We don't want those plastic lids loose because in our process in Cincinnati and in Columbus as well, when that glass is being broken, um, there's a place where the glass falls through, it's broken and it falls through um, different openings in the plant. What would happen is that those plastic lids would also fall through and then they would intermingle with that broken glass. And then that would be an issue for my colleagues in Dayton. They would have to work really hard to remove all of that plastic from the broken glass because the companies, again, that are purchasing the glass from us are not interested in getting the plastic. They're making fiberglass glass or glass bottles and jars again, they have no reason to want those plastic lids. So that's why the plastic lids for the bottles and jugs and tubs must be attached. So no lose plastic lids. What about um, like those pump action for like Windex bottles? That's a good question. I mean, we can certainly take the bottle, but the thing is with the pump, and this was a subject of discussion for a couple of weeks. We have fascinating discussions at Rumpke sometimes, but um, those pumps have a little bit of a metal spring. And so that would be problematic. So again, you're kind of combining some things there. So that, that Windex bottle or whatever it might be that would have a pump, um, we can certainly take the bottle, put that in your recycling container, but I would just throw away the, the whole pump apparatus in, in the trash. So maybe, maybe we can have a, a rapid fire here, uh, Stephen. How, how, what do you what do you say? Uh, we we come up with some things that we'll throw at you, Anne, and see what if whether it's recyclable or not, and maybe there's a little caveat. So, um, what about produce, plastic, clamshell types of? Uh, containers. Can those be recycled? No, they cannot. And um, that's a really good question. We get many, many questions about those. Those things are you know everywhere, really. Um, but unfortunately, we can't accept them. Who knows what may happen in the future? But right now, we would we prefer not to get those. Um, clam- we call them clamshells. No clamshell containers, please. How about uh, what about those containers you bring home from uh, Lowe's or a landscaping uh, store with the big plants and trees in them? Those big containers. Oh. No, unfortunately. And even the ones that you bring home from Lowe's and those places that are the little containers that maybe had a geranium in it. Um, you know, unfortunately, right now, anyway, we can't accept um, like those pots, those plant pots or like a tree or a bush that you might be planting. But, it, you know, there may be other places that, that those could go, but we can't accept those. What about political yard signs? We got an election coming up. I know. We got the the stakes, the metal stakes, as well as the plastic signs. Those are things that we just can't accept. And we do get a lot of those. I mean, it's funny. It's kind of seasonal with some of the things that we see. You know, we might see an artificial Christmas tree that somebody's trying to get rid of. And like, no, we really don't want that. Um, and then this is something that that happens sometimes, especially with the 4th of July approaching. And we just celebrated Memorial Day. Sometimes people will put old flags in their recycling container. And that's not the proper way to retire a flag. So our employees are instructed to remove those flags. And then we contact either a veterans group or a scouting troop, and then they will go through the the ceremony to retire the flag properly. So, uh, and and again, like political signs and, um, and, and also Christmas lights, some of these things, and they're 
as far as the Christmas lights, there are things in place in our area where those can be recycled, but please not with Rumkey. Again, talk about a tangler. That would be something that would wrap around our equipment and, and really create an issue for us. What about aluminum foil? Aluminum foil, that's another one that we have talked about quite a bit. I would say at this point, and, and that could possibly change in the future, we would prefer not to get aluminum foil. We do get some of it. We would, and even like aluminum pans, you know, like at Thanksgiving, sometimes you might roast the turkey in one of those aluminum pans that you buy at the grocery store. Um, the only way, and, and again, we would prefer right now not to get those that could possibly change but anything for example like that roasting pan that would have to be very meticulously cleaned out what about the little tops on the aluminum uh, cans do you want those removed do you want them put inside how would you prefer those either either yeah, way you little, mean like the yeah. pop like the pop top thing yeah, that's fine. And, you know, there are different schools and organizations that collect those for Ronald McDonald House, I think at one point, the Kidney Foundation. So, I mean, that's fine. I mean, if you want to collect them for that reason. Um, but yeah, that can be put in the can and, you know, any of that, that works. That's fine for us. Not an issue. How about used fireworks? Right after you know, They seem to be mostly paper and, you know, with some chemicals in them, but yeah. We don't okay. want that. And that's you just... know what, Stephen, that is such a good point. Please, just for safety, everybody, just be really careful with all of that for you know many different reasons that a lot of them don't even have anything to do with Rumkey. But um, just when you're putting some of those things in the trash, you know, I don't know, soak them, wet them, whatever you need to do. Just make sure that there's no chance that there could be a fire. Um, you know, just any any safety measure go to the nth degree is, I mean, I'm a worry wart, but go to the nth degree about making sure that everything is safe when you put it in your trash um, or, and again, we don't want anything like that in your recycling, but other items that, that potentially, like I was talking, like the aerosol cans, that could be a safety issue. Since this is a Cincinnati type of uh, podcast, what about <laughs> skyline tubs, like a three-way uh, tub? Is that recyclable right now? All right. Um, Right now, and this is something that will definitely change after we get everything in place with the robotics and evaluate things, um, we're asking not to get any takeout containers. Is that what you're talking about, Kyle, like a takeout container? Yes. Yeah. And again, that may change. And I know probably once you know we open that floodgate, we would probably get a million Skyline and every other chili place in, in our area because we know everybody loves loves that. But right now I would say no until we make sure again that that this is that this material is not contaminated, that we're adhering to what the end markets want. But stay tuned for that because I, I think there could be some some changes with that coming up. What about, you know, Stephen and I both have young kids. They love to take scrap paper and color on it or paint on it or, you know, uh, different things like that. Um, and sometimes they'll tear things up and cut things. You know, what, what do you say about scrap paper? Um, well, it's interesting that you're asking that because I was getting some questions like that, especially when children were were being schooled at home. You know, when it was virtual learning, there was a lot more of that going on. And I had asked, someone asked about cardboard that I, I think there was like a lot of paint on it. And, and I think it's just maybe moderation. If it was something that was just very heavily painted um, on the cardboard, that might not be something that we would want, that the, the mills would not be happy about. But I think, um, you know, pieces 
piece of paper where children are painting or coloring or anything like that, we, we can certainly deal with that. And you know what, just talking about um, the scrap paper made me think of shredded documents. And in Cincinnati, this is, our, this is what we ask you to do. And it, it's the only time we would tell you to use a plastic bag. If you shred documents at home, we ask that you put that shredded paper in a clear bag or as see-through as possible, and then put it in a recycling container. What happens once that comes down the line, um, our employees in the pre-sort area will pull off that bag because they'll be able to easily identify that it is shredded paper and it will be recycled. That's the only exception as far as plastic bags are concerned for residential recycling. So we do take that shredded paper. Interesting, that's great to know. What about wrapping paper? You know, we'll have the holidays coming up here. Can wrapping paper, tissue paper be recycled? Right, before we even know it. Um, we do accept wrapping paper, not the kind of foil, shiny kind. We prefer not to get that. So more of a basic paper-based kind of wrapping paper we can accept. However, we don't accept tissue paper. That's kind of, that's probably been recycled a number of times and paper can only be recycled I've heard seven. I don't know if that's completely accurate, but not endlessly like glass or, or a metal can. So I would say no to that. And I was looking one thing too, that I want to mention, and I have had some people reach out to me. I don't know if, if everyone has seen these commercials for the aluminum cups that, that at least right now, the ball company that, you know, makes canning jars, um, we can accept those. Um, it, we get a little nervous when we say we accept the aluminum cups, because what happens is that we may get, plastic cups and red solo cups and styrofoam cups. And we do not want that, nor do we want, you know, glasses by glasses. I mean, like a drinking glass from your home. It might have um, crystal in it um, or a ceramic cup, but those aluminum cups. And I, I am really interested in buying them just to see, see what it's like. Um, we can accept those. You'll, you'll see some um, advertisements about those cups. So I, I think it's, just on the, the very beginning stages of people becoming aware of them. And they do, even in the commercials, say that you could maybe reuse them a few times, and then they definitely encourage you to put them in your recycling bin. So very specifically with those aluminum cups, we can accept those. And you mentioned something in passing about glasses might have crystal about that. So what yes. was that about? Yes, when we were talking about the glass that we can accept at Rumkey, um, you know, I mentioned all of the different colors that we can accept, um, the blue, clear, green, amber, but we don't, for example, want a mirror because a mirror could have mercury. We don't want a window because a window could have lead and we don't want a drinking glass from home, like for water, juice, milk, whatever, because it could have crystal. So the companies that we're selling glass to just want very simple glass products. They don't want those other additives. So there's a lot of things, unfortunately, even though you all are doing an amazing job of recycling a lot of things and, and trying to increase that, there are a lot of things that just can't be recycled. So it really begs the question, what can we do to help? And it sounds like a lot of this is reducing consumption um, yes. because, you know, being aware, I think some of these things will help us be more aware of what we can buy, uh, what we should buy that is recyclable. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about just reducing the use altogether and, and the consumption of it and maybe changing our consumption practices to make sure that we are buying things that are recyclable. I think it's really important to think about that. And, and we go back to just 
you know, so many children have learned this from preschool on just the, the three R's and, and, you know, we've expanded some of those R's, but most of the time I stick with reduce, reuse and recycle. And it's funny because a lot of times when I'm doing a presentation in a school, I will say to the children, which, which one of those R words do you think is the most important? And of course, because I'm from Rumpke, they're going to say recycle, but actually it's reduce. And that's a tough one. I mean, we're not used to that. And, and as Americans, we want things quick and easy. And I think that is what really has happened with a lot of the, the buying habits that we have, you know, some of these single use items. So I guess it's just being more thoughtful about what we buy when you purchase something, um, you know, think really, think it through, think through the whole process. And I, I know we all are busy people, but what is going to happen to that material? Because none of this material magically disappears. It has to go somewhere. So we have to think about that when we're doing our purchasing. And, and that's a huge part of it. And, and you're right. I think um, it's important to try to buy products that have been made out of recyclable material. I think many companies are trying to move forward with that and make changes in their sustainability practices and their goals. So I think if everybody kind of participates in that, I, I think we need, I, I think things would definitely improve and definitely reuse. I mean, I, I use the example many times to children. Uh, a student told me that her mother made jewelry and she made it out of beads. And what she used in her little craft room were little glass baby food jars. So she put the, the different colored beads in all those different jars and she was reusing that. And it's sometimes we don't think about that. We think that we have to rush out and buy something else. So it's just being a little bit more creative, using a little bit more thought. And again, you know, I guess hearkening back to times way before maybe a lot of us were even born when people did that and they fixed things, you know, they didn't throw something out when it was broken. They tried to repair it. So all of these different things that maybe we've gotten away from, we should rethink. And, and just try to be more responsible, might take a little bit more time. There could be some enjoyment in some of this. Um, and, and just, you know, the pandemic has caused us to rethink a lot of things. And, you know, maybe we should extend it to some of these other practices that were just commonplace and, and make some, make effort to change. The landfill in, I believe it's Coleraine, right? Coleraine mm -hmm. area. Coleraine Township. Um, you know, it's, it's, we see it as we drive by the highway. Um, is, will that keep growing or will there be a time where that will no longer be able to be used? Well, the, the Rumpke Sanitary Landfill in Coleraine Township services over 2 million people. It services 20,000 businesses. So we say, and of course, this is an estimate and there are outside factors that maybe would make a difference, but we say that facility probably has around 30 more years, maybe a few less, maybe a few more. You know, many things can affect that. Our recycling rates could affect that. Um, different changes in population could affect that. So things do factor in, but that's what we say, generally approximately 30 more years. It's a, a big facility. Um, we're very proud of it. I know sometimes people will refer to it as a dump. And when you work at Rumpke, that's like, ugh, you know, like, it's not a dump. It's a very highly engineered facility. And there's a lot of oversight. You know, when there were dumps, when people just threw things at the edge of town someplace, nobody was paying much attention to that. But there are so many agencies that um, 
that come and do testing on, on air quality, on water quality, whether it's the leachate that we're extracting from the landfill, which is any liquid that touches the trash. Um, we remove the methane gas and other trace gases. That methane gas on site is turned into compressed natural gas. So homes and businesses in the Colerain area are potentially using that. We work with Montauk and Duke Energy. And then also many of our trucks Hundreds of our trucks now are being fueled by compressed natural gas. And we've been doing this um, as far as extracting the methane gas and converting it since 1986. So Rumkey is one of the one of the largest in the world direct pipeline to um, natural gas uh, conversion in, in the world. And so we're proud of that. I mean, we we move forward and we know that you have to do that. What the technology may be in the future, um, that is something that, that we're always paying attention to, whether it's in properly disposing of waste or whether it's recycling. It, you have to do that to be competitive. And we've been doing this, Rumpke has been around since 1932. So let's talk briefly about composting, uh, you know, food materials and things like that. Um, when I think of a landfill, I think, well, it's kind of one big giant compost bin. Why, why can't we put compost items in our trash? Uh, and why should we maybe do that in our yard and, you know, have a compost pile? What, what, why, why is that important? Well, I would say that actually, as far as the way things break down in the landfill, even organics, it's certainly not as much or as fast as it would be in your, you know, in your backyard or, or a compost facility somewhere. Um, it's almost like um, it's almost like a Tupperware container at the landfill. Um, we are mandated to use a liner system, which ensures safety of human health and of the environment. And that starts with with a three feet of clay, and then it's a plastic liner, and then a geotextile liner, and a drainage liner. So again, there's a lot more engineering that that then people realize at the landfill. So as far as that organic material in the landfill really breaking down um, as you would want it to in a compost facility, it, it's not breaking down like that. We do have a yard waste facility at, um, at, at the landfill. So if your yard waste is picked up separately, not just put in your garbage can, but if it's a separate pickup, it will end up there and it will be ground up by a kind of monstrous piece of equipment. Also um, pallets that are not treated, I guess you could say, I think that's the right way to say it. Um, they'll, they'll be ground up and it's made into mulch. And so we would maybe use that mulch for landscaping at Rumkey. Maybe other landscaping companies would purchase that from us. And also it could be used as a cover um, because at, at night, you know, we really try to cover the um, open garbage, the trash to try to minimize odors. So I would say, and, you know, unfortunately right now uh, we don't have a compost facility in our area like we did a few years ago. So you know, who knows, possibly that could change, but we do, you know, we encourage people to compost and, you know, different facilities may have methods that they're doing that. And, and we certainly encourage it. Anything to reduce waste. I mean, we want that landfill to last as long as possible. So if we can keep food waste out of there, if we can keep the paper and cardboard that is so prevalent in that landfill and other recyclable material, um, we want to do that to extend the life of that landfill. I have a fun question for you, Anne. Yes. What is uh, one of the most or some of the most interesting or unusual items to come through? Well, um, and this was way before my time at Rumkey, and I've been at Rumkey for 15 years. Um, there was a monitor lizard that came down the, the conveyor belt. 
And um, people, I mean, he wasn't moving. And so our employees thought that it was dead, unfortunately. So they went to take it off the line because we didn't have anybody that was wanting to buy that. So they were removing it from the line and discovered very early on that it was not dead. So they got that monitor lizard into somebody's office. You know, they got them out of the office first and um, the lizard went into that office and then they called the Cincinnati Zoo and the zoo came to get that. So, I mean, there's been funny stories where I think, and this hasn't happened for many years, where the treasury department um, had like shredded up all these $20 bills. And they wanted those recycled. So, I mean, people were joking, like, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can put all these together. Um, That would have been impossible. But I think someone at Rumpke had horses. So they wanted to use that as betting for their horses. And they're like, my horses are rolling in money. So it is kind of funny. I mean, one time I saw a disco ball come down and, you know, like, or a flamingo, you know, just silly things. Um, One day, this was a little startling. It was a mannequin. And so everybody was like, oh, oh my gosh. And then, you know, they realized that it was a mannequin. They pulled it off. And then for a while, I think they had it set up at their station with like, you know, like a Christmas Santa hat on it at times, or maybe a a mask at Halloween. I mean, you know, you make fun where you can make fun at work. We all know that. So, but that was a little startling. And and one day I was taking a, a group of students through and I noticed that they were not paying any attention to what I was saying, which happens sometimes, but I looked up and there was like this huge um, raccoon that was on it, like the upper level, just kind of looking down at us. So, you know, we just kind of escorted everybody out and we always safely, you know, kind of escort these animals out. We have issues with raccoons sometimes. Um, I have a real affinity for them now because they, I've been a roommate with one for a while, sad to say, but um, you know, we, we know how things like that happen. I mean, look at the cicadas right now. Who would have thought crazy, right? So we have, we have to embrace that sometimes, but it was, it was a good story. And I can, I can tell you that those students will never forget that experience at Rumpke. They probably forgot everything I said, but they will always remember that they saw that big fat raccoon in the recycling facility at Rumpke. That's and right. that's okay. We'll get him later. That's what they'll remember. <laughs> so, and one other thing that I, I get questions about a lot uh, in my family is, do we put the receipts for, you know, our different shopping sprees into recycling? We right. recycle those. You know, that's so funny because for many years, people were asking me that question. And I was like, I couldn't figure out why are you even asking that? Of course, we can, it's paper. And then because I kept getting so many of those questions and, um, you know, I don't know everything, of course, I thought I better check into this. So I talked to the plant manager and I said, can we accept receipts? And my goodness, he said, no, we we don't want that. That is thermal bonded paper, whatever that means. But he showed me that um, he took like a nickel and scratched on that receipt and it kind of turned gray. So for whatever reason, the mills don't want that. So we don't want receipts like that. Um, And again, it's thermal bonded paper, so no receipts. So I, I learned something that day. So Anne, we're we're gonna start doing a, a, a fun question for all of our uh, guests, and uh, we were wondering what is your favorite Greater Cincinnati chili for you personally? All right, I probably will be booed when yeah, I say this. Here. Be careful here. 
<laughs> I'm going to be careful. You know, I, I, um, I moved from the Cleveland area. I moved to Cincinnati from um, Lorain County, which is west of Cleveland. I don't like Cincinnati chili. <laughs> oh, there it is. I am That's so all right. sorry. That's all right. I'm, it's honesty. I'm so sorry. It's honesty. My colleagues know that. I get teased about it. Um, and I, I love the whole tradition of it. My daughter is coming coming soon from New York City, Manhattan. I haven't seen her for many, many months because of COVID. And she's like, I want to go to the, I want to go to um, Skyline in Clifton. And I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll definitely put that on the list. But I love graders and I, I love so many other companies, um, especially food related that are, that are part of Cincinnati. I think there's a, a wonderful restaurants and, and just everything here. But I, I just have not embrace that yet i guess we'll That's say okay. i apologize to all cincinnatians one day it's you'll easy. learn <laughs> one one day i may learn i may i may be that desperate right <laughs> well and thank you so much for your time today really appreciate mm. I, I i've learned a lot today so Good. thank you so much and uh th thank you for what you're doing to bring about a more just cincinnati in the area of recycling and waste so thank you you're very welcome. I appreciate the invitation. It was a pleasure. I would love to do it again. So keep me on your list. Awesome. We sure will, Anne. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. If you enjoyed our podcast today, we'd so very much appreciate you subscribing, reviewing, and sharing our podcast. This will help more people find us and join the movement. And if you're able to support this podcast and the work we do, please head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash justcincinnati. We're grateful for your support in amplifying the voices of those bringing about a more just Cincinnati. Our theme music for Just Cincinnati was generously provided by the internationally renowned but locally based singer and songwriter Kim Taylor. More of her intimate and folksy music can be found on her website at kim-taylor.net or wherever quality music is streamed. <laughs>